Hi, I'm Danny Belvin. And I'm Danica Brown. And we're biracial unicorns. And don't even ask me about resolutions. God, don't even. <laughs> Just don't. Can you not? <laughs> I mean, I, I would assume I know your feelings about resolutions, but do you ever make resolutions? Like all the time. I'm such a hypocrite. And the worst part is I don't, <laughs> I don't like them. But don't I talk don't... to me about them. Don't ask me about them. Exactly. And I think here's the thing. The reason why I say yes is because we always think it's a new year. You mm. can't get that out of your brain. You can't you can't not think that way of just like, oh, what do I want to accomplish? Like it looks different. Like what do I want to achieve and challenge? Like last year I'm like, I want to try to read more books. I want to try to do this. And that technically is a resolution. You right. know what I mean? So And then the year's oh, over yeah. and you're like, I didn't do shit. Exactly. And then you just plummet into a pool of self-pity and grits. And it's real sad. <laughs> and I just, so it's one of those things of if you don't ask me, maybe I won't verbalize them, but mm. they're still in my head or written down in a journal somewhere where I can be disappointed when I read back on it. You just want to be private about it. I do. I do. What about you? Because you're not, I think we're kind of similar, like we have goals or something of that nature. Yeah. I, I like to reevaluate and look at like my goals, but it's not necessarily tied to a year. Well, it kind of is like I'll look at goals and think about life goals and like three year goals and one year goals and three month goals and one month goals kind of. It's like a good time to to relook at my map and see if if that's what I really want anymore. So how was 2019 in your map? Oh, I haven't I haven't looked over it yet because it's too upsetting. I do love that you just said a review. Like all I see is like a you sitting across from another you with like your life in a manila folder and like, Danny, I'm going to give you a compliment sandwich. (laughs) Uh, If it's me reviewing me, there aren't any compliments (laughs) in that sandwich. It is a meatless sandwich of no compliments. It is just stale bread. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. I just like I I love that you're just like I'm gonna talk about miles walked, books reviewed, hours at work and productivity. I love I love that just like that imagery of you giving your own self like a review. Right. I think we all should have that mental image with ourselves. Does a resolution does it by definition have to be something new or a change? Like I also make goals for the year, like. I think I've talked about this on the show before. I like to read f- at least 50 books every year. And I make mm. that, I guess I make that resolution every year. Mm, it's like but a it's the up. same <laughs> every year. I guess you need a marker. Is it the marker that makes it a resolution? Because, I mean, what makes it that way? Is it just the sheer fact of, is like, it the marker? Is it, is it a timeline or is it a season? Hmm. I think I don't know. I feel like it's like if you resolve to do something, it's a resolution, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily need a time period, but I guess New Year's resolutions imply mm. that it's for the year. Yeah, and maybe that's maybe that's the hinge. Mm, indeed, I think we've cracked it. I've given it's- up resolving that I'm going to exercise though, because that <laughs> shit isn't ever going to happen. 
Uh, I think it's the word exercise. I think if you just say like last year, I'm like, I want to swim. And that's been like mm-hmm. iffy, but I'm not disappointed because I didn't say exercise because exercise is like health and weight loss and blah, blah, blah. None of which that has happened. But but did I swim though? You know, so it's right. like, oh, a dance class or yoga or stretching or biking. So it's if you did that as opposed to like go ahead and go a spin class or I, I don't know, just do that instead. So that way it's not exercise. And it's also not vague. I make like specific yoga or running goals for the month at the beginning of the month, but like I never mm. hit them. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> running. Sorry. That is like, <laughs> I will be so basic when it comes to running. <laughs> That's I'm fine. Not built for it. <laughs> Me neither. It's fine. Oh my goodness, this is, for not talking about it, this was not too bad. (laughs) (laughs) I know, you were like, don't ask me about resolutions, and I turn around and ask you about resolutions, sorry. I know, I know, but I I feel like I'm getting like around the verbiage, like for me, it's instead of like, I want to eat healthier, I'm like, I want to add more non-meat or vegetarian recipes to my repertoire. Meatless Mondays? Meatless Mondays, just, do you know what I mean? Just try to do more things like that or try that or colorful or for the most part, my family, we technically are underneath the clean eating kind of thing. That's just what, believe it or not, it's incredibly simple. And I don't know why it has to be a thing. What what is clean eating? (laughs) Clean eating is when you try to keep the amount of ingredients, like about five to six. So you know how some people there's like, Uh, ingredients, and then also that it's like, it's whole food. Basically, it's it's low sugar, low process. So to me, I'm like, I don't think this should be a way of living or diet, but it's it's just like that. Like if I make certain sauces, I omit sugar, th- things of that nature. Yeah. No, I can still throw down. But for the most part, I always try to keep it in a, in a clean realm kind of thing. I'm not a fan of, of that wordage, I guess. Clean. Mm. Mm. Because the rest of y'all are filthy. Right, right. (laughs) I I think, like, to me, it sounds too judgmental, which is my problem with, like, a lot of food things. Uh, (laughs) And I'm like, we don't need to be judging the food, but maybe we kind (laughs) of do. I like like using close to the source. I don't know if you've heard that. I know no, it's I mean, it's yes. so fucking bougie, but I like it's it. Next level bougie. But but I like <laughs> it because you think about like something you're going to eat closer to the source is better, right? Like eat an mm. apple instead of drinking apple juice. Like it's closer mm. to the source. Yeah. I, I like that. And I definitely drink apple juice instead of eating apple jacks. You know? Yeah. Like <laughs> we could all just get just a move a little closer. closer to the source. Like that. I, I like I think that's like a good sliding scale in order to achieve a goal of eating better. I like that. I, I do that is that does sound super bouge though. I do. But I do I do see what you mean about when people when it has like a very Labelistic. I think all, at the end of the day, what we want people to do, I'm like, have some color on your plate. Yeah, my husband's big on that. And I'm like, stop oh, judging my me. plate full of white stuff. <laughs> <laughs> my husband's is mostly yellow because it's cheese. Uh, it's just. <laughs> I mean, like, I like a white cheese, like a white cheddar. So, <laughs> girl, when you come to visit, it's. <laughs> white cheddar mania (laughs) it's called mature it's a mature cheddar aged aged cheddar (laughs) Mm, i can't wait um 
I don't even know if there's an easy segue into today because we went from resolutions to aged cheddar very quickly. (laughs) We Um, did. (laughs) So today we're we're going to do something a little bit different than Mm -hmm. we've done in the past. And it comes to us thanks to a suggestion uh, via Mm -hmm. Instagram. At Nutrition in Color asked us for our opinion about a Netflix movie, American Son. So mm-hmm. it's it's streaming on Netflix, and we both watched this movie. And so mm-hmm. today we're going to talk a little bit about our thoughts and feelings about American Son. Mm, so many feelings. Uh, so thank you for anyone who asked us our opinion on anything. So that's pretty amazing. Um, we're gonna, <laughs> I think we're starting to near off of the bang. So let's, we're going to do like a little brief background of this particular movie. And then we're going to kind of uh, break it apart to the nth degree in only the way that unicorns can do. Um, the American Sun movie is actually based on a Broadway play of the same name. It was written by Christopher Demos Brown. Is that how you would say it? I, I'm, yeah, I would guess. Did you look into him at all? Well, I know that this was actually his first big play on Broadway. This was actually kind of a really big deal for him. Yeah. Um, is he a white guy? Mm, I guess I, I didn't. Did I, should I have thought about looking at his race? I don't know if that makes me woke or not. I can't decide. Maybe I should have. I mean, I don't know if he is. I was just asking. <laughs> um, oh, no, no, no. I thought you, uh, it was one of those things of, should I have looked that up? I mean, I think because of the topic, mm, it's important. But but continue. <laughs> um, it's directed uh, by a Tony Award winner, uh, Kenny Le- uh, Leon, who was actually, he also uh, directed Fences and A Raisin in the Sun. So uh, that's just a yeah, which is a very classic revivals heavily, of them. To yeah, be fair. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, like no, no, not no, the, original. the original. <laughs> He's been doing it for a long, long time, guys. It's a so the Broadway show. We're not going to get into that. We're going to just strictly kind of stay in the realm of the movie. Mm. But the reviews for the Broadway show were kind of mixed. Uh, I didn't want to read too heavily because I also didn't want any spoilers because I was looking it up before I watched it. I would say that there's one part where it says a lot of um, it had highly topical theater themes, and I, I already kind of put a sour taste in my mouth. It's a it's a very intimate cast. It's four person cast, mm-hmm. and most of it is it's a lot of two on two. It's very intimate. Yeah, lots of two people scenes. There's like a few three people scenes, but it's pretty. Yeah, pretty mm-hmm. intimate. It, it, it is. It's, it's a lot of streaming of, of dialogue and its style. And I can't. I didn't see the Broadway show, but for the most part in the movie, it all takes place in one set. It is this set. It, <laughs> you're not changing a lot of backgrounds. You're not getting a lot of change. It's, it, it is a very much focused kind of viewpoint that kind of sets the tone and theme of this. Yes. So the plot the very basic basic summary of the story for those of you not familiar with it it is the story it starts with a woman who is at a police station and she is wanting to find out what happened to her son um she knows that her son's car was pulled over 
and she is not able to get any information from the officer on duty about what happened to her son. And she is she is a black woman, so we immediately know why she's worried. Mm-hmm. Just being in this world, in this country, in this culture. The officer who she's speaking to is is a white man and just does not get it. And he is not being particularly helpful. And then he's saying that they need to wait for the lieutenant to come uh, to talk to her. A lieutenant on duty or something along those lines. And then at one point, she has left the room to go to a water fountain and a white man walks in and the officer starts unloading about you know this crazy woman you got to go talk to her like whatever assuming that it's his supervisor turns out this is the father of the son mm-hmm. and so we find out that the son is is mixed race thus why it's applicable to us biracial unicorns <laughs> and exactly. so it's the two of them, it's a lot of delving into their broken relationship, a lot of delving into the misunderstandings about race that still exists between this married but separated couple as they wait to hear about about their son. Eventually, the lieutenant does come. They talk to him. You know, the, the father takes his turn to be a little out of control and is arrested and there's a lot of back and forth i don't know if we want to give away the ending we probably should give away the ending because i think we probably shouldn't though we should say spoilers just by proxy like there's just no way to really talk about a film without there being a level of spoilage right but i think we knew how this was going to end from the beginning yeah i i i agree it's never, yes, I think we should probably just leave it at that. Uh, so I did look up Mr. Chris, mm. and he looks like a white guy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. The, his last name sounds French. But I, I'm not going to sit and, and debate his leg around, but he does look like a more mature white guy. So... This is so now we kind of have the the director is black. So we kind of have that. I would say something that's interesting about this and you've you've touched on it already when you were talking about the movie adaptation taking place in one room and all of this. This movie was like very theatrical. Like it felt mm-hmm. like I was watching a play. Yeah. Which I thought was weird a weird choice and i kept saying as i was watching it with my husband over and over again i'm like why did they make this into a movie <laughs> like um, you know it's it feels like a play the acting is very theatrical and at times feels like too large for for a film mm. The set, the choice to keep it in one room felt very theatrical. The lighting felt very theatrical to me in that it was like not realistic, right? But more as an intention to set mood and tone. And just the fact that it's two people in the same room pretty much the whole time talking was like, this is like a million plays I've seen um, just in in format. Mm -hmm. So 
like I kept going back to this idea of like, why, why adapt this from a play to a movie? And something my husband said really like resonated with me in terms of this. And it's, it's perhaps to reach a larger audience with, with this topic, with this play, because I would assume people found this play so important, they wanted it to reach a larger audience, which is why I think it was adapted from a play to a movie. I think it may have served it better to make it more of an adaptation, to take away some of those theatrical elements and turn it more into a movie. I don't know. What What do you think? Um, I, I agree with your husband. I think there is a way of reaching, especially the fact that they decided to go directly to a streaming service. It does mm. exactly what that stream to where people, I still think there's a stigma with theater and who it's for and what it's about. And I think putting it right onto Netflix, especially with algorithms, it just makes it a lot more accessible. I actually kind I, I had mixed feelings. I always have a hard time when they try to basically just translate it almost exactly from the stage. Exactly right. With, with, with the lighting, it had this hue. Um, even the way they did makeup and the clothing was very on the nose. It was very, very much. They wanted you to know where this came from, that this is indeed a play. I kind of like that feeling because I still believe there's a lot of people who would not go to a play with that description. It is, it's going to be very intimate. It, it doesn't move a lot. And I think there's a certain kind of person who would go to see that kind of play. But I think a lot more people might watch that kind of movie. But I think those people, a lot of those people who would maybe watch the movie but not go to the play would be turned off by starting this movie. And like, it's it does not feel like a movie. Like, I think they would be turned off by the style, which is why I, I think that perhaps it should have been, like, pushed a little further on that adaptation scale to making mm. it more cinematic than theatrical. And see, I thought it was a really interesting exposure for people who might not be familiar. Because, I mean, like you already said, you've seen a lot of plays with that style. It's its own type. Like, when you sit and you already know this is what's going to be it. There's an expectation. Mm. And I like the fact that they've kind of brought that to an audience that might not know. Oh, no. Like It's actually funny. One of my favorite shows I actually saw you in was No Exit, which is very um, – I remember because I saw you in like three separate times. You were brilliant in it. Oh, and thanks. it's that. It's one <laughs> – I, I know. I know. We really go that way back, guys. And it's it's three people. It's very intense. It's in one place. And I think there's a certain expectation, but I've been exposed to that a good chunk mm. of my life. And so it's very, it's not foreign to me. So the fact that they brought that there will make it a little less foreign and maybe kind of turn people on to a certain kind of style and an attention and a genre and a world they might not really be exposed to. It can be off-putting, but it's one of those things, I think the subject matter doesn't make up for it, but the delivery will definitely have been impacted had it not been so theatrical. I think mm. what what made this is it's so in the beginning of my review, it literally just says tension, tension, tension. Like, and I think <laughs> that that's what defines this, I think, from beginning to end is the feeling of immense, unreleasing tension. And I think the theatricalness that came with it is what held that tension. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I could, I could see that. I like, I stand by my concern though, like, because Mm -hmm. I do agree that the, the topic is very heavy and important and something that people should be exposed to if they haven't been exposed to and i just worry the style will turn people off i feel like it's it's like the two the two things right like what Uh, is more important like exposing people to theatrical style is a way of like oh maybe this is accessible for me and something i would enjoy watching or like exposing people to perhaps a heavy topic that makes them uncomfortable mm-hmm. like it's my personal worry that like doing both in one film is going to like alienate some people who i think would enjoy the film would get something from the film if they could overcome that initial hurdle mm. well i think that's why partially why it has such mixed reviews yes because- definitely yeah, and I, I do I really do think so. We'll kind of get into that a little bit later. I think this is why it, I tried once again try not to read too too many reviews of it on the stage because I wouldn't have seen it, so I can't agree or disagree. But I can see why I, I see you're concerned as well. Because let me tell you, had I not had that exposure, mm. that would have been real not off putting. It I just wouldn't have been able to explain what. I didn't like about it. Yeah. I think. Totally. I wouldn't I wouldn't have explained it. I would have been like, oh, you know, good acting, good this, good that, characterization. I, I don't think I would have been able to express why I didn't like it if I didn't already have that expectation of what it was. But I just don't think it would have been as impactful had they made it more. Right. Yeah. So I see me, that. I feel like they would have been lost. I see that. Had they tried to do that. I just, I just think about like my own experience as a theater person, but primarily as a a theater instructor right teaching at the mm-hmm. college level like i've taught theater appreciation for 19 semesters and like <laughs> these are things that we talk about a lot um oh, yeah. within the classes because i almost always the majority of the class has never seen a play has no exposure to theater thinks of theater as something like inaccessible so Mm -hmm. like i know that within the general population like people think of theater as inaccessible and while i agree it's it's nice to have something to draw them in like you said it could be kind of ostracizing and this idea of i don't i don't like this but i don't know why um Mm -hmm is is hard to overcome but that being Mm -hmm. said like i think going back to this question of why adapt it from a play to a movie i think the exposure is important and i think you're right that the the style if it had been changed too significantly it almost would not be the play would not be the same story right we've seen similar similar stories done in cinema and in tv so i think i think you're right that that doing it in the style is is part of the adaptation of being loyal to the source material mm-hmm. well should we i maybe we should possibly put like a disclaimer that we're both theater people so if people were not ready for us to dissect things you might want to go make a sandwich um, <laughs> it's we're just you're just gonna go there um so let's move on to themes and plots and and characters this ooh, this movie it's where do you begin with themes it, it it touches on i mean i just it's just a few on here obviously 
race, um, mm-hmm. of course, uh, mixed marriage in itself, struggling with identity as a mixed person, right. gender, victim blaming, struggles of power. It has issues of cops' lives matter over Black lives matter, money, privilege, right. power struggle. Um, it, it, I will give it this. It does seem a lot for... It's as you start to digest one, another issue kind of pops up. Mm-hmm. But I do think they did a good job of kind of seeing how they're all interlinked. And I've said it before, and I will continue to say it that like pretty much <laughs> all social issues in this country can boil down to race. Like race mm. is at the root of everything. So if I had to choose one, it would be related to race but i agree Mm -hmm. like all of these things are important and the son who we never actually see on screen Mm -hmm. his struggle with his mixed race identity i feel like is particularly poignant to what we talk about oftentimes on this show Mm -hmm. just his like growing up in one world and then for him it was a reaction to his father leaving Mm -hmm. was a real struggle for him to find a different part to his identity like what sets him apart from his father what makes his experience different from his white father and uh trying to tap tap into that that he did not grow up with and and that's something we talk about too not necessarily the reaction to our parents but but Mm -hmm. like trying to connect with culture and heritage that's still part of us that we did not grow up with Exactly. I'm very thankful for the suggestion because I think I would not have watched this on my own. I would not have either. I don't think it would have even come up in my Netflix recommendations. Like I would have been Mm -hmm. completely unaware probably of this this movie. It it popped up on mine, but there's a few reasons why I probably – one – I have a hard time with movies like this, and I'll probably touch on that in a little bit. That's probably one of the biggest ones uh, of the issue, and it's hard to separate yourself and your own feelings. But I'm glad I did. There was a couple things that were said by, I I would guess you would call her the main character, Carrie Washington's character of of Kendra. And she did the very thing you just talked about, was kind of boil it all down to race. She kind of was the anchor Mm. when it came to these topical issues that they were bringing up because I think she was the one that kind of boiled it all down back to race. She was talking to her white husband who is an FBI agent and she's a psychology professor. So very educated. You can tell they've had a very work, a hard work ethic, but they have a very um, lavish life, a beautiful, comfortable life. She was talking to her husband about the change that they've seen in their son, Jamal, saying that he's having an awakening. Mm Mm-hmm. A racial awakening. They they mentioned things about the way he was dressing being a bit different, something that would be con- more leaning on more of the black side of him, uh, hair, clothes, language, and the people he was hanging out with. And I just related to that so much about having that awakening. She also talked about his own struggle of being uh, the face to the face of the race, yes. being someone of color in a mostly white area. And just things of that, I thought the writer actually did a very good job of kind of putting in these these nuggets of things that were quite relatable as a mixed person. I agree with with all of that. And I think the juxtaposition of first her with the white officer who is like completely naive mm-hmm. is really interesting for setting that that scene because she seems 
almost extreme in those moments because he is so like naive. But we very quickly, perhaps it's just like my own biases, but like we identify more with her and like are just like making that sound a lot at what things he's saying. Mm-hmm. When she's not on screen and he's talking to the husband and saying things like, you know, she went from zero to ghetto so fast, we're just like, want to slap this guy. But like, oh, exactly. so we see that like extreme, but then we also see the difference between her and her husband, her husband who should know better, right? Who is married to a black woman and and we think should know better and, and to a certain extent does, but he has like these wide gaps in his knowledge about exactly. the black experience in America. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, I found that very like upsetting. Mm-hmm. Well, I think for, for you and I personally, and I don't know, it goes on to like the, the next one of the themes that I think really overarched as well is mixed marriage. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was something that I don't think I have seen played out as you want to say dramatized, but that is also a very real thing as well. Right. Um, it, that that's the thing of talking about those struggles because I think we see people who are in mixed marriages like wow they've seemed a way to look past the color and love each other right and that, right it, that's that's not it like no. I, we both have married white men I don't see past his color we have had to work through right. our our color and work with our color do you know what I'm saying. I don't ever forget my husband is white. Dude, <laughs> like, like maybe that are. that doesn't seem like it it seems like a a not nice thing to say, but like it's true. Like I never forget that my husband is white. No, because the thing is we had to make that conscious choice. And some people are probably going to disagree with me. I had to make that choice of is this something I'm going to be able to do for the rest of my relationship, the rest of my life? Because that is going to come up in our marriage. Like beforehand, mm-hmm. I'm like, if we have children, that's going to be something we're going to have to work through. When we're out in public, that is something we have to work through. I had to make a choice. And being colorblind and not seeing that, that that couldn't have happened in it. I chose to be with him, not because I prefer him, because I love that person. Could I make that marriage work? And they have this tension of where right. you can see things, uh, they correct each other on their their language. The the husband uses something in quote word fossils, you know, talking about language and words that we don't use racially charged and microaggression. He's trying to minimize his his former or strange wife's feelings towards certain issues and really downplaying her jump towards racially driven um, issues with the lieutenant. Right. And and I love, as far as language goes, uh, there's a line that Kendra says that's when she's calling out his language and the words that he's using and saying that, you know, he's he's not speaking well. And he he throws back at her, you know, like you just said ain't. And she says, I said ain't for emphasis and you just speak bad English. You know, this Mm -hmm. idea that like language is tied to our culture and we, especially as educated women of color, like we'll make those conscious decisions to use language for emphasis or, you know, Mm -hmm. in a moment. Um, and, And just the idea that we have to be aware of our language and our code switching and our our choice of words, whereas him as a white guy can just throw 
around words without thinking about the meaning, without thinking of the consequence, without thinking of how he is going to be seen for using that language. Yes. And that brings to the like another one of the layers of the themes is presentation of yourself, which is kind of underneath that code switching, but in a very physical kind of way. He talked about catching more flies with honey, not mm. causing white guilt with our language. So once again, right. women of color have to be very hyper vigilant of well, what was she supposed to say to this this police officer who wasn't being very cooperative? Because she's a woman of color and automatically put into an aggressive state, she has to be overly sweet, over cooperative. She has to make sure not to cause say anything that might give anyone any kind of white guilt or right. test their, their fragility. This is a woman who is worried about her child mm-hmm. and she is supposed to be caring about how everyone else is feeling instead of exactly. herself or her mm-hmm. son. Can you imagine? Can you imagine a woman coming up there being like, I uh, I just wanted to check out all my son. I um, haven't heard from him in a while. And, uh, you know, he's, he's not answering his phone. And, you know, kind of five before. And I'm just no, that is not how any loving, concerned mother would be. No. And in. This is a thing that I saw. I didn't read a lot of reviews, but I I glanced at some reviews in in preparation for this episode. And so many people were like, she is just so angry. She's just yelling the whole time. And I'm like, you would not be saying this if it was a white mama in there. No, a white mama would be portrayed as being passionate, relentless, you know, oh, her her, her pain. Right. Everywhere. And the thing is, and it's something else about like with civil servants and what's their real purpose. They are trained to handle people. This is a traumatic event. Yes. This, this woman is in duress. Yes. Literally trained to deal with people in not the best situation. So you're going to allow, and, and they make a lot of nods that this police officer is new. You know, he says he's got two young girls that they have these little glimpses of humanizing him, mm-hmm. but it does not overlap the fact that he has gone straight into just being perturbed and not being a police officer. He's being an annoyed person who's not understanding and has no sense of urgency as opposed to actually being a professional and realizing this is actually part of his job. I mean, he's also like, symbolic and indicative of non-woke culture or like he thinks he's like relating to her he thinks he kind of understands but then he he turns around and says things like gotta keep the natives at bay until the calvary arrives like exactly i know I, I just can't. And that, like I said, that that goes into gender as well. Like if the dad had been there the whole time, mm. if he had been there first, what would the tone have been of the movie? If it was the white dad coming in, I wonder how right. long that would have taken to get the information as well. And, and you, you can't, you can't help that. And also with, with um, money and privilege, it's, it's very obvious. Uh, they talked about the son having a very good, what is it like a Lexus? It's supposed to be a very expensive car. Yeah, I think it's like a Lexus or something of that nature and talking about this this young man being sent to the son being sent to great schools and having all this privilege and he should be acting a certain way I, I mean like I said it, it all just boils down to this race and, and power struggle and being able to get this information and it is it is literally a cringe fest half the time yeah would you describe that as victim blaming as how they were dealing with the the Jamal character that we don't see oh 
Certainly. There is so much reference to the bumper sticker he had on his car, like Mm -hmm. that he was inviting violence against him, inviting being pulled over by the cops. And so, so to go back to what the bumper sticker actually says, so it said, shoot cops, and then something about filming them. Right underneath in smaller with, like, letters, phone, like, with your camera phone. Yeah, with your camera phone, and so, but the large letters were "shoot cops," right? And mm-hmm. it was a lot of victim blaming, but also, mm-hmm. unfortunately, it's also the reality. Like the fucking the fucking nerve to be driving mm-hmm. around with <laughs> with that bumper sticker as a black man in America, like that is confidence that's only given to the young you know who who don't know better but but the fact remains that there was a lot of like justifying why this happened instead of questioning the system that allows this to happen this bumper sticker i would say probably about halfway through becomes this point of contention but they also say was jamal the character who was he with right what was the race of the people he were with and what hour and and where were they? And once again, had he been with white friends, maybe he would have been able to have more. He'd be home. He wouldn't be in this predicament and, and, and what's going on. And once again, it's just all blaming this mm. Jamal character, their, their son character. It's just, it's his fault for being six foot two and 180 pound black man. It, it, it's his right. absolute fault for having cone rolls and baggy clothes. It's, it's once again trying to demonize the person who is actually probably in peril or trouble. When I finished watching this, I, I was up, you know, I was an absolute mess. And that's why I hate these films. They just, I can't help but feel all of this in, in my bones. Right. And you want to say, you know, you have to pull yourself out of it. It's a dramatization. Here's, here's the thing. In our particular climate right now, I don't have to give you the numbers, the statistics, or prove to you that this is what's happening with our young black men going on right now and being shot uh, by police. I don't have to prove that to you. This was a very engaging way of looking at the other side of that because all these people have families who are looking for them and trying to get information um, and people being wrongly held into custody, um, being pulled over without reason. All these things are happening. But there's family, there's more family involved, and there's a whole other story. In my mind, it didn't feel as dramatic as some people might think it is. Like you're saying, like the, the Kendra character is just being mad. I'm like, no, that I guess you've never really been mad or ever actually had to truly be mad about anything. This is, I feel more close to something that is nonfiction than fiction. Mm. Yeah, I mean, even though stylistically I was saying it's very theatrical, I think. The topic itself is very realistic, you know, like it didn't feel like it never felt like something outside of the realm of possibility. It felt like Mm -hmm. what we hear and see over and over Mm -hmm. and over again in this country. So like it it was it was realistic. I agree. It wasn't Mm -hmm. it wasn't it felt non-fictional like it felt like realism in the truest sense of you know a slice of life being shown on the screen exactly you ever watch those stories where like the names were changed to protect the innocent yeah exactly exactly it felt like they just read someone's story or case file or experience and just the names were changed 
Mm-hmm. That's exactly how it felt to me watching it. And uh, it, it was definitely hard to pull away from. How long was that? Like an hour and a half? Yeah, it wasn't It wasn't long. It was maybe like 90 minutes. I mean, 100 minutes. So, I mean, if you, if you have an hour and a half, it's, yeah. Should we ask the question, Who who is this movie for, Danny? God, it's hard to say. I should preface by saying, like, I did enjoy the movie. Mm. I think it's a good movie. I don't know if it was for me, um, mm. like, as an audience member necessarily. Like, I feel like it's for a white audience. Mm. Well, what is it? Do you feel it's inf- informative? Like, for you, you feel like, yeah, yep, yep. I know. Exactly. Cool. Exactly. That's how mm-hmm. I felt. Like, I'm like, I know this. I know this. I know this. But there's value in that, too. Right. I think that's kind of part of the basis mm-hmm. of this podcast is like a lot of our listeners come from similar backgrounds to us. And so they're aware of these issues, but there's something reaffirming about mm-hmm. hearing these things out in the world. Like, you're not alone. But I'm, you know, I'm not black and while i i understand a lot of these issues and and feel feel the pressure in a different way it's not necessarily my story but i like i felt like i related more to kendra than any of the other characters mm. so so you know like it it didn't it didn't expose me to something new necessarily which is part of the reason why i feel like it wasn't for me I don't know. Who do you think the movie is for? Oof. Uh, similar. I, th- I think, I believe it was a, because who is this movie for and who should see this movie are two different things. So yes. who should see this movie? I tend to agree as well. I think it should be for a person who is white. I also think not because I'm like here, Whitey, learn something. Like that, that, that is, that's not. Though I mean, you may think that's my motivation. No, I, I think sometimes, and I've actually just had a recent experience with this. You can tell somebody that something is an issue. Mm. That there's a you, you can tell like mixed marriage for for instance. Like I think right. my husband and I have a very healthy marriage. Um, he's my best friend and I love him. But when I tell people, there are certain issues that we we have to work through and we and we've had to have hard conversations i can't i'm not gonna sit there and relay oh like what i'm not gonna sit here and relay you my entire marriage and unfold all the work that we have done racially to to try to have better understanding of each other it's nice to be like watch this movie maybe you might understand some of the issues we have of me being a mixed person and now i'm also raising another mixed child as well Right. I thought that it, it might be easier to do something like that. Who's someone who might just not get it. There's a lot of people who I feel like it's a very firm line between people who are saying black lives matter and cops life yes. matter. This is something for you to kind of point each other to because there are notes. It's actually what we haven't mentioned is the Lieutenant character for those who haven't seen it. He is a, a black person right? who kind of comes and him and Kendra have this coming a head point and have this conversation about race right. and the lieutenant character is kind of on the other side i wouldn't say strongly not rebuking kendra but kind of the same thing of like you should know better right her son should know better and it's the other side of that whole conversation of the coin and i think and, but another, he's also yeah. very like 
Blue Lives Matter. He is, exactly. And like that in itself has a lot of complexities. My dad's a he my dad's a cop and he's he's a very large black man. And that to actually hear kind of like that point of view as well was really interesting because I just really haven't heard that point of view yet a lot. So mm-hmm. I think I think white people should watch this. And I and I'm gonna say people of color as well because it has that exposure and like Danny yeah. said, it's nice to feel like you're you're not alone. It was nice to hear you know some of the things of the face of the race and you know the the awakening I thought that was a really beautiful way of putting it and I'm really glad I had because it just you know it gives me verbiage and it gives me a a way of pointing and and help myself define myself by other people's experiences of relating to it a little bit yeah now now who should see this movie I think it would appeal to, like you said, lots of different people, lots of different folk. Like, of course, people of color for seeing that representation, white people because they need to see it. I think Mm -hmm. in particular, my husband really liked this movie. Mm -hmm. He was like really moved by it and already has like recommended it to people. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. so I think there's something really interesting to be gained from it by a a white person who is in a mixed marriage because it's once again like seeing that and having your eyes opened to other people experiencing life and perhaps like casting a light on yourself to consider your own attitudes and thoughts but i think white people who might not be in a mixed marriage would really mm-hmm. benefit from it you know because i feel like they tend to have less exposure to this. And and I had my husband and I've had these conversations for years and years. Right. But I like recently we were talking about like this journey to wokeness or whatever. And yeah, I think my husband is a very <laughs> woke guy. Right. <laughs> but he t- talks about how we've been together for 17 years. And so or more than 17 anyways we've been together forever we've been together for a long time and it's true (laughs) y'all and so like he's like but you know i've had you like (laughs) as as Mm -hmm. kind of the guide almost into this world not that everything he has learned about race and and gender and all of that is because of me but he has that additional lens to consider things like through my Mm -hmm. point of view And I think even if you are a white person who is close friends with people of color or like, you know, people of color pretty well, like that intimacy of partnership, I think, Mm -hmm. allows a deeper investigation into it. And as we can see in this movie, not always, but I think rather than than being like, I have black friends, I get this, like if, if you have that attitude, then you definitely need to see this movie because I feel like perhaps you don't get it as much as you think you do. I I have a daughter who is fair-skinned, and I know her struggle is going to be very different. Similar to this character of being the face of the race and uh, probably having her own awakening. But there's something about, I think, mothers of... Mm. I play. I kind of want to play a little bit onto this gender because I, when answering this question, I can't decide if males need to see this in order to have that understanding of even when race comes into play, even a a black male gets 
a different kind of pecking order than a black female. Yeah. But I, I do think mothers as either race, a mother of color or a white mother. And I think even, even more oddly specific, like for a white mother who might have a child of mixed race as mm. well. I think there's something it's, it's not a, it's not a cautionary tale. It's one of those things that these are give you things to think about, give you even a encouragement. Um, mothers of sons who are of color of just maybe giving you that support. Because, like I said, I have a daughter, and it's going to be its own issues. But having a son of color, I feel like it's a whole other ballpark. It's a whole other worry. It's it's a, it, we've created a climate in America to where I really, I feel for mothers of either race who have a son who is of color. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think, I, I guess both of us are saying it, it's it's a good for a wide range of people, but for different reasons, maybe? Yeah, yeah. I don't know, though, as far as the Blue Lives Matter versus the Black Lives Matter, I don't know mm. if this would like really change hearts on on either yeah. side of that. And perhaps that's no. not the, the aim, but like I think it would be easy to stay in your own mindset regarding that that particular issue. Oh, I don't disagree. I think when it comes to this particular issue, I think it's seeing how that plays out. Mm. When you have that, when you both put yourself in a category, and exactly, when you both stay in your lane and you never have any compassion or second thought to the other person, and and not saying that there wasn't consideration for both sides, I think especially between the lieutenant character and the Kendra, they had, even if it was slight, these moments to where they kind of saw into each other's motives and backgrounds and their fears yeah. Still standing very much by where they are and kind of seeing that that breakdown even within the own community. Mm. I just think it's a good way of seeing what that stance kind of looks like a little bit. And I think when people say blue lives matter or cops lives matter and, and seeing that, just seeing that kind of play out on both sides racially as well, both with white and a, a police officer of color. Right. I don't think it's because I, it, I don't think this this was even meant to change anybody's mind. I don't think that's the point of this. I think it's literally seeing how these issues all interlock. Mm. Yeah, I could I could see that. Hmm. I think sometimes it's not even watching things to get someone to change their mind. I think it's just more say just just watch it outside of your own bubble and your own thought process. Yeah. So overall, would you recommend this movie? Oh, I, I, I think I would with some caveats. Mm. I would say make sure you have a lot of, at least for me, a lot of self-care afterward. Like I said, it is tension, 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 and it never gets released. It's, right. it's one of yeah. the things. It is, yeah, it is a steam train. It's, it has a lot of, heavy dialogue so just I would just say prep your heart especially if you are very sensitive to it if you're very open to it if you have any triggers about these uh, sorts of issues have been through any kind of trauma uh, I would kind of raise a red flag and have some hesitation maybe don't watch it alone I watched it alone I probably shouldn't have watched it alone mm. maybe watch it with with people to maybe kind of give you some support and maybe talk about it right afterward I had to call my husband right afterward because I was a hot mess yeah but, I mean yeah. I definitely 
I definitely cried at the end. <laughs> and I watched it with my husband, who was also, like, equally, like, you know, like you said, there's no real release, right? It's just, mm-hmm. like, if you're going to watch it, prepare for all the feelings and yeah, it, to be exactly. upset at the, at the end. Mm-hmm. And and that's the thing, like from from beginning to end, it is like from the word go. Like if you have anything, this writer has he's mastered being able to hold tension. Mm. Yeah, never get a break from it. And normally, when I have when I've seen shows or watched shows, it can actually you can start becoming accustomed to the tension. And almost does that make you get you kind of get yeah. kind of over it? And I think right. they did a great job of, and I think that's partially why that's also so topically heavy because it kind of just switches why it's tense. They switch the focus of the tension, but it's still nonetheless freaking tense. Right. So I, I would, but I would say you need to be in the mindset and you probably need to be prepared for the aftermath. Yeah. So yes. I mean, it's, it's upsetting. No relief of tension. I know like major spoilers but it goes exactly the way you think it will yeah so i don't i don't even feel like i have to apologize for that i feel like if you clicked on this and you watched the little blurb at the beginning just you can't be surprised but you can be hurt and really upset right right and i think and i think the ending too just to go back to something you said earlier like i think the ending also makes it real like we have this longing for things to be okay because we're watching like a fictional tv show and mm-hmm. and you know happy endings are like the norm and you're like well maybe it'll go that way but i think it's good that it didn't because it's it's realistic it is it, it is it really is it's a dose of realism that you have to be in a good place too, which actually maybe I should say maybe you don't need to be in a good place some people need to just be shaken it's actually I've been really thinking about that word woke and really playing on it when I when I meet with people and we discuss race and issues and we talk about the journey of wokeness and being in the dangers of mid-wokeness you know they always tell you not to wake up a sleepwalker it could be very violent it could be right. very disturbing but th- I think that's the thing too when we wake somebody up it can be violent and it can be disturbing but it still needs to be done sometimes in order to av- to avert danger and i feel sometimes we want to say ooh this is a movie like this can be too much but let's work up to it let's talk about something else let's make it a little bit more palatable but this is unapologetically in your face this is real this is what happens it does not end well and mm-hmm. this is people's reality yeah I pre I appreciate that. I, I really, really do. So it's um I think that's I think that's why I had a hard time with the reviews. I had a we both talked about it before we looked up, we're like, ooh, the reviews were not good. Or yeah, before we started watching it. So full disclosure, we got this message about watching this movie. We we brought it up and we talked about it. And then I very quickly was like Googled American Sun movie and it was like 30% rating or something on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. And I'm like, ugh, this did not get good reviews. Mm-hmm. We, we both did that. We're like, and, and now watching it, I don't know. I, to me, I thought the acting was very well. And the thing is, like, me and Carrie Washington have a past. <laughs> we, you know, personally, you know what you did, Washington. Anyway, it's, uh, it's, 
it's 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 interesting and i thought wow it's really beautifully done but once again i think i was still looking at it through the lens of being theatrical but then mm. i had to ask myself who was writing these reviews and the right. tone and the yeah. reasoning girl you already know you of already course know how I, feel. I mean I, who writes all the reviews <laughs> karen <laughs> <laughs> But no, in, in seriously, like seriously, though, like who do you think that has something to do with the reviews? I mean, I'm not going to go and check the race and gender of every person who writes a review. I don't I don't know. Do you think that had something to do with the weird reviews or do you think it simply is because it was theatrical? I think the theatricality definitely is part of it. I remember seeing in some reviews like things like it's too emotional, things like you start to keep score between husband and wife which one who is doing that i like definitely yeah. was not keeping score between the two of them who does what what does that even mean like, i know what it means For- right are okay. you like just trying so hard to justify <laughs> that character's behavior that you're like well he mm-hmm. has a good point no no you got no. some real good ones in there for whatever man <laughs> Yeah, uh, no, that makes me, it makes me like, yeah, I guess we didn't watch the same thing. But (laughs) kind of what you said. Yeah. I I think I read in several reviews, like people being like, it's, you know, it's tired. It's like the same old thing. And I'm like, then, dude, let's fucking change this world. (laughs) Like, it is not tired. This is still relevant. That's part of the issue. Ooh, say. It or people talking about the, the dialogue, like it's one angry monologue after another angry monologue. I'm like, cause guess what? People are angry. People yes. are frightened. People are upset. And that's why I called my husband. I told him, we, I mean, we live in Europe right now, but we're going to go back to America um, in a little bit. And I told him, I'm afraid. I'm not a fearful person. I am very afraid to go back to my home country. That mm. is a real thing. And I'm hoping my husband didn't sit there and think I was giving him a tearful, angry monologue when this is my reality. This, and I repeat again, this show, this movie is just a mirror to a lot of people's reality. So think about that before you start saying it's tired. So that that was a big thing. People talking about it being being tired. People saying like that the actors were better than the writing, which I found very strange. <laughs> for people to say Mm. like I don't know I don't quite understand what that is like yes it is an adaptation of the play and I think the language is very theatrical um but yeah but like I don't think that that's I don't I don't know I didn't feel like the the script was a disservice to the actors which a lot of uh, reviews were trying to say so I don't know if that's just, once again, people being uncomfortable with the theatricality of it. Uh, there was a lot of criticism of the the husband of Scott and saying he didn't act like somebody who had fathered and raised a mixed race son, uh, mm. which okay. I'm like, OK, I, I just feel like the people writing this perhaps don't have experience with the mixed race experience. So that, mm. that's that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah, I guess I don't know how was he supposed to act, and him struggling with that was actually kind of part of his character right. development and choice. Like that, if he seemed that way, then he did a good job acting because he actually indeed was struggling with that. So right. we agree; we are all in agreement here. 
I the thing I will make a comment about the language and the writing. I think people were, were dogging it because it's straightforward. It wasn't, mm. I don't, there was not a lot of metaphors. It wasn't mm. flowery. It wasn't, I think that's what they were looking for. Mm. And it's not, it's not that. Right. It is calling it out. They're using Uncle Tom. They're using Jim right. Crow. I, th- they, I think they want metaphors and girl, the writer did not give it to them. That's true. I will say that the one critique that I saw on several reviews that I agree with is that the flashbacks are unnecessary. I, you know, I think that was their attempt to, to make it say, cinematic. Exactly. I think, and that's what I'm saying. The thing I didn't like that. And, but that was what tried to made it uh, uh, that I will say, like, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe the shot to the water fountain, just to give you like a little bit of a break from the scene to show that she's actually physically mm. left the room, but also kind of slightly unnecessary. Unnecessary, um, but a, a good moment. Like that bothered me yeah. less than the flashbacks because it was like an actual visual representation of, you know, the, the past still being present um, mm-hmm. in, in the world, right? Because it showed two different water fountains and the idea of they were, you know, left over from, a bygone era that hasn't really passed, you know. Mm-hmm. And this takes place in Miami, Florida. Yes. So before everyone thinks this is like backwoods Alabama somewhere, this that's not true. <laughs> you know? Right. This is, I mean, I, I mean, not that I know Miami intimately, but I would think fairly forward thinking-ish. Right. It's not, it's not like, it's, it's a diverse city, right? Mm-hmm. But there's still like these, visual representations of this separate but equal era. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I agree with you that the flashbacks did make it seem that they were trying. They're like, remember, it's a movie. <laughs> so that, that one's still a bit weird. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I think the mixed reviews are largely because of, of that. I also think on the other end, Reviews that were written by people of color, like a couple that I came across, talked about how this wasn't anything new to them, which is something I talked about a little earlier, too. So mm-hmm. I think that was the other end of of the negative reviews uh, was like people of color being like, this isn't new. This isn't revolutionary. Like, mm. <laughs> what, what should it have to be? Right. No, I and and I mean like you are living in the wrong era if you think that all <laughs> entertainment should be new because that is not <laughs> the reality. That, girl, that's what I'm saying. They're making another Godzilla. You mean to tell me I can't have another movie that raises up against race, gender issues? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this was a uh, I'm glad we got to do this though. Yeah, thank you so much for the suggestion because like I said I wouldn't have watched the movie probably because I wouldn't it wouldn't have been on my radar and secondly because I hardly ever actually watch movies if I'm watching Netflix I just binge the office. <laughs> and look at your mental health. That is <laughs> it that's beautiful. I I also I probably I did see the before she suggested it. I saw the the advert clip and I knew that I was going to be mentally and emotionally destroyed. Mm. So I wouldn't, but I, 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 that, but that's just me all over. I just, I feel too deeply. I get so angry and so upset. 
it takes me a while to kind of, it took me a whole day to kind of climb off that ledge, but it, it is important. And sometimes you do need to go there and it just reaffirms like why we do this and why I go out and make meetings and why I talk to people face to face about race. So have you still not seen blind spotting? I yeah, I knew you were going to ask me. I know. <laughs> I knew it. I knew you were going to ask me. <laughs> I haven't. No, uh, Tamika, you need to watch it. It's so uh, okay. good. I, I think know. we should yeah. talk about it. You should we talk about it? Yeah. All right. I'm actually going to have to buy I don't buy Kleenex and I'm going to actually legit at me. I'm going to have to make sure like I hydrate to yep. and I hate crying. Danny, I hate crying so much. So I'm going to have to hydrate to some before. shit. I am not a fan. I'm going to have to, my electrolytes are off balance. Girl, I'm not okay. I have like, girl, mm, my rainbow sweater was just tainted with the color oh. of my makeup of the day. It was, oh, it was awful. Awful. If you're an empath, just not that I won't go into that, but ugh, ugh, just yeah. have a friend, have a friend close by. Yes. But yeah, I think people should see it. The biggest hurdle, I think, is the theatricality of it. But if you go into mm-hmm. it expecting it, like I knew it was a play. So yeah. when I started watching it, I was like, oh, wow, they decided to go theatrical with this. So I think if, you, if you're expecting it, it isn't too jarring. Mm, maybe they should have just gone all the way and just literally filmed it as a play. I mean, and they've done that. There's been a lot of plays that have been filmed and filmed well. Yeah. Should they have just done that, you think? So I, I don't know. Like- I think it's hard. Like, even when they're filmed well, it's hard to watch a play. Mm. I mean, there's it's, it doesn't substitute being there. Exactly. Like, I think that that's it. You know, it feels like watching a play. I don't know. But it's the same exact cast. So I feel like it's it's pretty close to the experience of watching the play, I would guess. Mm. Hmm. Now I'm thinking of like how maybe that would have translated better if people's expectations were of that. Mm. Mm. But see, then I think it wouldn't have gotten if the goal is a right wide reach, people aren't going to watch a filmed play. Uh, That does take a special type of person. Exactly. (laughs) It it really does. But it was intense. That was great. Should should we go to a happy place, Danny? Yeah, let's go to our happy place. What's making you happy this week, Tamika? I and I definitely needed some 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 happiness. So what's been floating around on the interwebs lately? I I hate that it's actually making me smile every time I see it, but pictures of Baby Yoda. (laughs) (laughs) Pictures of Baby Yoda are really making me happy right now. I can't describe it. I can't explain it. But just something about a Baby Yoda and people hashtagging Baby Yoda makes me really happy. And I'm so ashamed that it does. (laughs) So, yeah. That's wonderful. Is see now you have it, and now I think I might need like a little, a, a little baby Yoda on my desk, and just to think like somewhere out in the world, someone has designed a baby Yoda. 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> In a world full of racism and sexism, there's Baby Yoda. All we need is Baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. Which actually sounds like a really refreshing drink. Mm. Baby Yoda. But yeah, it's look, it's really simple, clean, and I don't have two this time. So <laughs> what's, 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 what's your, I'm growing as a person. Resolutions. <laughs> what, what's your happy place this week? Um, I'm going to go with something a little weird. Oh, okay. I'm I mean, it's it. not that weird, but oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna say plaid. Plaid Ooh. is making me happy. I'm into plaid. Pla- yeah, like like tartan. Are we talking about buffalo? Are we doing girl? You know, I know my plaids. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of plaids. I'm pretty open mm-hmm. to to most of them. I mean, like tartan is like the classic, right? Like, oh, I feel, think when you're thinking plaid, you think like the red tartan mm. plaid, very Scottish, always got to go Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like, I'm into plaid. I like, I like a good plaid skirt. Mm, that's adorable. No, I like I'm a, a plaid shirt. I don't know. Mm. It's There's something very comforting about plaid, especially as a, a grown person who had that connection to plaid as like a punk rock teenager like it takes you back can't can't think about plaid without thinking about punk rock without thinking about Mm. mxpx (laughs) i always think of um oh wow now i'm gonna uh, gwen stefan no doubt i always think Mm. of plaid i always think of her that's when i think of plaid good yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> I think of MXPX because little known fact, I'm sure like half of our audience, more than half of our audience is like, what what is MXPX? I know. I don't want to talk about it. But, but <laughs> MXPX, little known fact is their original name was Magnified Plaid. <laughs> MXPX, MP is an abbreviation mm-hmm. of Magnified Plaid. Oh, they just don't name them like they used to, Danny. It's true. But I, I like when adults who have like a punk rock edge do like accessories in plaid. Like mm. they might have a cute plaid shoe, a scarf. Like yeah. it just gives it like that really sophisticated edge to it. No, I'm, I'm here. I'm a, I'm a classic buffalo plaid girl myself. I've done crafts with it, and I think it looks good on a lot of people. You can dress it up, dress it down, and now this happy place has taken a very lovely and odd turn. But yeah. <laughs> There's evidently like, I don't know if you've seen it, but there's some sort of Scottish airline that has like plaid on the airplane. No. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I would love to see a plaid airplane. I'm into it. I mean, I was kind of hoping you were saying the flight attendants were wearing plaid. Oh, perhaps. That would make a lot of sense. I hope that's true, too. Me, too. I should probably look into that before I leave. Yeah. Mm. So well, I'm uh, here for plaid. I think the ultimate happy place this week is Baby Yoda in plaid. Yes, I'm talking full Shaw, dark green on light green, hints of mustard. W- yes, with a cap. Yep, Baby Yoda in plaid, which you will need after watching American Sun. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, friends, that's all we have time for this week. So 
If you like the show, please subscribe. Also, we want to hear from you. If you've seen American Sun and you want to tell us a little bit about your thoughts and your feelings about it, let us know. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook. We're at Biracial Unicorns. You can find us on Twitter at Biracial Magic. Or you can send us an email the old-fashioned way, biracialunicorns <laughs> at gmail.com. Because emailed is old-fashioned now. And also, if you like us to review a movie, let us know. Okay. Yes, we're open to movies, books, TV shows. If you have something you think that we should know about and we should talk about, let us know. No matter how devastating. We want to thank the amazing artist Dolly Pop Art for doing our great cover art. We also want to thank the very talented Joseph Scott for doing our intro and outro music. You should follow them very closely because they're incredibly talented. Yes. And we'll be back next week with a mini-sode and mm -hmm. in two weeks with another full episode. Yes. Enjoy this fresh year, everyone. Yes. Happy New Year. And all that jazz. All right. Peace. Out. Out.